Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. This is 1039 LI News Radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, a man who has had an amazing career. I mean, it's, uh, I, I just can't imagine in 1967 a, a young guy at College of the Holy Cross looking ahead and saying, I'm going to do all these things. And, of course, hardball and best-selling books and everything else. What a career this man has had. What a career he has had. And it's still going strong, but he's retired. And his career is going better than anyone else's. Just unbelievable. His latest is great. It's called This Country, My Life in Politics and History. Chris Matthews from hardball fame and so much else is our very special guest once again. Chris Matthews, how are you? Thank you, Frank McKay. Thanks for having me on. Uh, listen, uh, thrilled to have you. Uh, let me ask you, uh, the book, uh, before you give us like an overview, did it, 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 is it easier now? Does it just kind of flow out of you? Uh, is, it, is it more difficult because you've said a lot and you've said a lot in books? Uh, how was how the process for this book compared to uh, some of the other things in your life? Well, I, uh, I have a, a process that I've sort of refined for writing books. It's uh, I actually encourage people who are first-timers to, to try it because it avoids writer's block. The first thing you do is you just write everything you can remember that you think is interesting, whether it was an idea you had, an experience you had, or somebody you knew, just anything that sort of, you know, memory is the best editor. And if you can remember something from your life, it's probably memorable, literally. And I think that's the first thing. Don't worry about it. Just put it on the page and put little circles around it so everything's separate by, by, from itself. And then put it in order. That's the second step. Just put it in probably chronological. And then the third step is to rough it out based upon that list of topics. And the fourth is to polish it. So it's collect, organize, rough, polish. And if you stick to that, that regimen, you'll get the book rough, and then you'll get it polished pretty well. And if you want to turn it over to an editor or a friend of yours is a better writer, you're done. And I always tell people, if you do that, you'll never get stuck. Most people get in trouble writing because they try to write the first sentence. Or they start thinking of a clever way to open the book or something else. And it just gets you hung up. But if you just go to impulse, remembering, memory, and then or, simple organization. I mean, Stephen Ambrose, the great historian, said, you depart from chronology at your own peril. Keep it chronological, and I'll keep it organized for you. And I'm telling you, I hope this helps people, but it, it's what I do, and it works. Listen, it sounds it sounds great. I couldn't have uh, couldn't have hoped for a better answer than that. Let, let's talk about this country. Give us an overview. You don't don't spoil. We want people to buy the book. It's a must read. It's it, it's great. But uh, give us a give a little history of uh, this country, my life in politics well, and history. Well, Frank, it's basically when I realized when I got it done after two years, I I realized it was really about things coming around, like uh, hiding under my school desk with all the other kids. That, Second, third and fourth grade in St. Christopher's in Philly, Philadelphia. And then, uh, because the nuns would say, you got 15 minutes till there'll be a flash of light, and then the, the, uh, the Russian bombs will begin to drop, and <laughs> it's going to be the end of the world, because this is going to be the Third World War. And, uh, yeah. and then God, and the general judgment and everything. And so you grow up in your head, your heart, growing up with that. That's what we tried to avoid all the way through the Cuban Missile Crisis, on through Brezhnev and all that. We hope we wouldn't go to war atomic war, nuclear war with the Soviets. 
And we got through that. When the, with the, I, I was at the Berlin Wall when the first signs of that was brand. I was in Budapest before that as a reporter. And, and finding that communism was given up. There was a guy, head of the Communist Party in Budapest, said to me, the socialist model doesn't work. Okay, that was a pretty good statement. And my son, Michael, who was five years old at the time, was with me. And he was taking pictures of this old communist basically throwing in the, <laughs> throwing in the towel. And then I was on the east side of the Berlin Wall, and I, I asked a young young guy with long hair and army surplus jacket, and I said, what's freedom mean to you? And the guy said, talking to you. Wow. I mean, it's dramatic. We were right. The communists were the bad guys. I mean, we were right. The nuns, everybody told us the communists were the bad guys were right. They wanted freedom. I'm in South Africa in 94, and the African American, the Africans get to vote for the first time. And uh, it was about six to one or something like that in ratio of blacks to whites. They finally got to vote. And I was with uh, Archbishop Tutu walking around from polling station to polling station with people waiting in line forever, these, these horizon to horizon voting lines. And they did it because Martin, Nelson Mandela said, we're going to have an election here and I'm not going to come out of prison. I'm not going to let the whites let me out of prison. So we legalized the ANC and the Communist Party. I want everybody voting in this election, or I'm not coming out of prison. Wow. And so this one guy said, no, it's going to be a democratic South Africa. And so I think so much of the world we've watched, the good people wanted democracy. Uh, they want to be able to control their destiny. And I think uh, we Americans have this, this treasury of democracy in front of us, and we've got to keep it. And I, But so much of life has come around. The Irish, my parents are come from both Protestant and Catholic, uh, Irish, from both sides. And, um, and this, my grandmother had an Irish accent from Northern Ireland, from up near Belfast. And the, um, the fact that those people are, are trying to make it together, still today trying to avoid uh, the troubles again. And I got to cover that. And I got to cover the Pope's funeral. And, and that was an amazing sight. And I, I learned so much, the fact that Pope John II would say Mass at every parish almost every parish in Rome, 100 and some parishes, in two tw I'm sorry, 220, and he would get to about 175 parishes during his reign, and he would stay the whole weekend, he'd say mass with the people and meet with the kids at school and at their, their, their religious classes on Sunday, had, had dinner with the, with the priests. I mean, uh, he, got a lot, he was popular because he was a good politician because he kept with the people. And you learn this stuff on the inside. You don't know from the outside. Just, uh, just great. I, I mean, look, looking back, I mean, you couldn't even uh, the most optimistic kid in the world at college, uh, the Holy Cross. You couldn't imagine this, right? I mean, how optimistic were you that this was going to be your life? Well, I wanted to be. I wanted to be a presidential speechwriter, and I got there finally. I wanted to be like Ted Sorensen for Kennedy, and I yeah. finally got that job. But I was on, I was with Air Force One, Air Force One with Jimmy Carter, and and we lost the election. But I was there on the helicopter with him going into Georgia to vote that morning, knowing he was going to lose by 10 points. Uh, I, I was with Tip O'Neill, the legendary speaker, for six years every morning with him, and some of those days sitting in the back room with him talking about the old days with James Michael Curley and how crooked he was. And, and uh, you know, yeah, I'm lucky. I'm an outsider who grew up looking in, the, looking in and ending up spending a good part of my life inside seeing what it's like. Chris, I, congratulations on everything. Just and, and I know there's a lot more to come, more books and everything else, but this is a great book. It's a must-get for everyone. Chris Matthews, uh, This Country, My Life and Politics and History. Uh, Chris, uh, a website or a social media site, are you doing any of that? 
I'm doing some twittering, uh, tweeting every day. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm basically getting checked that out, and uh, I'm hardball Chris. Uh, but uh, I'm just trying to do a lot of conversations with people like you, Frank, and doing what I did for 26 years, you know, without seeing the sundown. <laughs> I, never, I didn't see the sun go down for 26 years during the week. <laughs> it, was, it was. I think I turned. I, I think I. I served my time. And enjoy everything. You deserve it. Uh, Chris, thanks very much for being here. Frank. Frank McKay. Thank you, sir. Bye. Chris Matthews. Everyone. This is a must get. This country. My life and politics and history. Chris Matthews has been our very special guest. You know him from Hardball and. Everything. Listen, whatever side of the aisle you're on, you can tell, you know, he wrote for Jimmy Carter and he uh, he worked with Tip O'Neill, you know, that's the left. And, and, you know, I don't think he hid it. I don't think he tried to hide it. He's, you know, what Pat Buchanan was uh, to the right in, in many ways, right? And Buchanan worked with Nixon and and was on Crossfire and everything else. Uh, Chris never ran for office that I know of, but look, you gotta you got to admire careers regardless of what you think politically of the the different individuals but uh you, you know l let me tell you this is but by, by the way very nice guy i've met him you know many times and and spoke to him on the phone um you know a couple times here uh, recording and um and uh, you know interviewing him and uh, he is uh he really has put together a great career and i know a lot of my friends from the right you know i'm centrist you know but a lot of my friends from the right say oh my god chris matthews hey listen give credit where credit is due what a career this guy has had you know just amazing just an amazing career and i you know i like to think we celebrate careers here and and accomplishments and whatever and you know what he hung it up and hung it up in uh, 2020 and, you know, let him sit back and, and watch the sun go down, like he just said. And, uh, and every once in a while, if we get a book like this out of him, it's, uh, it's great. It's a, it's a find. This country, my life in politics and history is his latest. And uh, just uh, get the book. Get the, regardless of what side you're on, get the, get the book. He's, a, he's just a bright guy. And I said the same thing about Newt Gingrich. I, I mean, regardless of what side you're on, we've had Newt Gingrich on you know, several times here. I mean, he's a brilliant guy, Gingrich. And, and you, know, you should read him or check out or at least get some of his takes on things, um, regardless if you're from the left and he's from the right. I, I mean, just to kind of broaden your horizons. Uh, it's always nice to talk to someone who's smart you know, or, or listen or read somebody who's smart. And certainly Matthews is there. And uh, Chris Matthews, once again, what a career he's had. You know him from Hardball and bestsellers and uh, speech writing for Carter and all the experiences. Chris Matthews, this country, my life in politics and history is his latest. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.